If you hear this sound, that means this episode is also featured on our YouTube channel as a video. Head over to www.youtube.com slash keepitweirdpodcast to check it out. Warning. This episode contains foul language and mentions of kidnapping, suicide, and mental health struggles. watching Keep It Weird, the podcast for all things strange, unusual, bloody, haunted, mysterious, psychic, morbid, and everything in between. Each week we sit down together from across the country and we talk about something weird. Weird. And this week is of course no exception at all as we dive in and discuss all things beautifully bizarre. Now, it is hard to top last week because it was our dream come true episode with our favorite paranormal paranormal researchers, Greg and Dana, but we are here to try, dang flabbit. The show must go on and we have more weird to share. And we actually have some strange tales that we touched on just briefly on last week's episode that we are going to dig deeper into. So buckle up for a whole lot of creepy, kooky chat. And you might hear about some ears. You might hear about some mysteries. You might hear about who knows what. It's about to get crazy. My name is Lauren, and this is my beautiful co-host, Ashley. Hi, weirdos. I cut you off there. I didn't know you were going to extend the E for as long as you did. (laughs) I just feel like really singing your name. Yeah, you're very Hi, musical weirdos. today. Hi, weirdos. Boy, wasn't <laughs> last week fun. Goodness gracious. I still can't believe it I happened. I can't either. I wanted to say thank you guys. So many of you reached out to be like, I can't believe this is happening. You know, I congratulations. Know. And I just want to say thank you because it's not like we started this podcast because of them. We didn't know who they were when we started this podcast. But I think they've definitely influenced us in so many ways regarding. Majorly. The way we investigate or the way, you know, the things we're interested in. And so, like, getting to talk to them was really, really, really cool. And they're so nice. It was very special. Truly the nicest humans. (sighs) Like, I know a lot of people say, don't meet your heroes. Meet them. And have that fear. (laughs) Yeah. Meet your heroes. Because Greg and Dana, gosh, they just proved that your heroes can be fabulous. And, yeah, it was very cool to fangirl, as we say, with all of you because you truly were so supportive on Facebook and Instagram just being right there along with us because it was a dream come true. I have a very big straw today. Sip out of the, I know. Now I kind of wish I had a big weird straw to drink out of. It's the I only straw I can find. Journey. I wanted to pre- preserve my lipstick. Very smart. Yeah. See, mine immediately came off. The color is gone. So you were smart. See? <sighs> well, Straws. you got to be prepared. Lesson number one. <laughs> Lesson number one. 
So um, I also want to announce that we have all of our October episodes planned. If everything goes according to plan, aside from our very special Halloween listener ghost stories episode that we do every year, you will be hearing from three different guests. Which is awesome because we haven't really had any guests this season besides Greg and Dave. We have not. No. It's just been the two of us. Sorry, guys. I hope you've been entertained by little old us, but... I think it's a... Yeah, we're very excited. I mean, it's scheduling. Like, it's hard to schedule remotely between Mm -hmm. two of us. So when when you're adding another person into it, it's just sort of like, oh boy. What are we going to (laughs) do? What are we going to do? (laughs) Honestly, the fact that we've put on this show, just the two of us, is amazing. Cheers to us. Cheers. (laughs) It's like I I suck, and then it's like one Mississippi, two Mississippi, before it hits my lips. (laughs) The slow journey up the long straw. All right, guys, it's been a weird day. Ashley, you brought. I did. I. I brought kind of a massive you segment. Quite a doozy. Um, and this week, uh, giving it a little throwback to a segment because it's time to call Miss Cleo. Dial 626-686-1821 and ask me your psychic question. Call me now. <laughs> it's time for Miss Cleo because we oh. are going into a little bit of the psychic sphere. Uh, maybe this will get us revved up for playing with our senior cards later. I don't know. But this is a big Please. one. I mentioned it briefly <laughs> last week when we chatted with the Newkirks. Last month, I have to give a quick shout out. Last month, I got to catch up with my good friend, one of our very first guests ever on the show, Ben Velker. You may oh, remember him sweetie. from Rosemary's Benjamin, an episode where we discussed films based on real life horror. And uh, Ben's always been a supernatural buddy of mine. He's down to clown when it comes to the supernatural. He's a huge UFO guy. He's constantly sending me updates in that sphere. And uh, we're always discussing our theories on what the latest disclosure news is. Anyway, hi, Ben. I love you. So Hi, Ben. We're obsessed with you. <laughs> obsessed. <laughs> You're one of my favorite people. Anyway, last month I got to spend a few He's days great. with him, and he introduced me to something that has changed mm-hmm. my life it's called once again the kazarev mirror so so excited about this you really built it up i know it better be good (laughs) (laughs) this story is gonna take us places please bear with me if it gets a little too sciencey like trust me in the end you're gonna be like where can we find the parts how do we build the machine let's change the world for the better so ready On June 19th, 2000, 100 pages of CIA documents were declassified, meaning it was approved for the release to the public. These documents have two names at the top, B.P. Kozarev and M.A. Kropotkin. The titles of these papers are things like A Study of Spectral Reflection Coefficients of the Coating of Thermal Radiation or sure <laughs> determination of the spectral coefficients of reflection of friable materials so these were basically yeah household names household, household yeah you guys have <laughs> all read them time. we know exactly <laughs> talk about it over coffee every talk about morning it in the morning so these were two russian physicists 
their experiments, and even some of their designs. And some of these experiments are explicitly non-spooky, like figuring out the correct voltage for testing the insulation of electric machines to keep conditions safe for factory workers. Awesome. Great job, guys. Cool. Machines to detect CO2 and gas furnaces. Awesome. But there was a lot of weird stuff, too. Um, They were the first people to say that there were volcanoes on the moon and Venus, which we found out years and years later is actually true. Wow. I found out for the first time reading this. I had no idea. Yeah, me either. (laughs) Wait, so when did they find out? Oh, well, this was probably the 50s or 60s. And we, like, just found out about this. Yeah, about, uh, I want to say 15 or 16 years ago, or maybe less. There's too many dates to remember at this point, so. Sure, yeah, carry on, carry on. So, um, but the most famous documents in um, this collection of declassified documents were definitely the ones referring to mirrors, reflection, and radiation, and the creation of a device known as the Kozarev Mirror. So the designs are present in the documents on how to create the mirror. The patent is also available online. I will have it linked in the description of the episode. So if you want to build one, you may. Can't wait. We're doing it. (laughs) going to describe it to you. And I have a picture that I'll put in the video. And I'll also show you, Lauren, so that you can see um, what it looks like. But basically, you need 0.5 millimeter thick aluminum alloy plates. That are nine feet high and four feet wide. And then you connect these aluminum alloy plates together in a spiral. So it's going to look like this. Can you see that? All curled up. Spiral. And those are nine feet tall. Okay. So that's tall. It's a big thing. <laughs> it's not small. It's not that is quite tall. <laughs> I say. So the spiraled aluminum then needs to be mounted on a platform of some kind that has a motor that can rotate the device while you sit in the middle of it. And again, I'm going to put a picture here. So if you are listening to this and you're confused, hop on YouTube, check out this portion of the episode. I've got so many things to show you. So the original original intent with this mirror, what Kozarev and Kropotkin created this for, was to correct psychosomatic diseases. And a psychosomatic disease is essentially when your mental health affects your physical health in some way. So extreme stress that has been known to contribute to ulcers, um, certain neuroses in the brain, chronic fatigue syndrome, trauma even, have really nasty physical effects on our bodies. So these men believe this device would offer major therapeutic benefits on our bodies. Okay, then we definitely are building it. Right! I was it literally worked. just thinking today how I hate that like my <laughs> stomach is always deeply affected by ulcers and poo-poo time just sit due to my anxiety. mirror, apparently. <laughs> uh, it's the therapy I needed. Listen, <sighs> look hey, up the patent. Tell me everything. Alex <laughs> no, can build stuff. Alex seems pretty handy. I feel like he could probably he figure is. it out. But yep. <laughs> this machine worked. They healed people's ulcers. They um, healed a tremor in a man's hands. They decreased people's blood pressure who had high blood pressure when medications and other therapies didn't work for them. Um, All their patients slept better. They had decreased anxiety. 
It improved myocardial overload and coronary circulation in their patients. It's a fucking miracle. I don't know why we don't use it, but... Yeah, what? Oh. <laughs> what are you about to tell well, me? Well, the mirror had a surprise side effect. And, like, spoiler alert if you read or watched last week's episode. Some patients who sat in the Kozarev mirror would time travel. Is that like a bad side effect? Because I'm like, let's go. Listen, I'm still I want to see some I will bags. put in the middle of this fucking mirror. I feel like you're trying to talk me out of this, and I'm here for it. Honestly, I Where haven't do I travel found to? a negative side effect yet. So, No. Very here for it. But just to be clear, Kozarev didn't expand on the strange phenomena that would happen within the mirror. He was focused solely on curing mental health diseases. And um, at the time, it wasn't that Kozarev was a quack, but he was ostracized a little bit from the scientific community because, okay, so it was Russia. And in the 1930s, he was considered to be one of the most promising astrophysicists in Russia, but he ended up being arrested and spent a good chunk of his life in a Russian prison for, quote, counter-revolutionary activity and, quote, hostile propaganda. Russia. Damn Russia. At it again. Boy, oh boy. Just can't. Goodness. Okay. God bless America. Right, guys? Land of the free. (laughs) But by the time he was out of prison and went back to, you know, being a scientist, he struggled to fit back into the community and his work wasn't really recognized as promising anymore, which... Is sad because, like I said, some of his wacky theories that were dismissed at the time are now supported by and most that being completely true physicists. So, for well, example, he had a theory that cells within the human body possess the ability to receive and transmit low levels of light or electromagnetic radiation. And we now know that uh, plenty of animals have cells that can receive and transmit electromagnetic radiation. We've proven it in experiments, and we also know that because that's how birds are able to migrate and fly in those formations and not hit each other and fall to the ground (laughs) with no leader. It really is kind of a collective consciousness that they have, and mammals have it too. So do we. Um, we just right. don't exactly know how to control it. Use it properly. Yes. We've also had scientists prove that humans spontaneously emit visible radiation from their skin. Most of us in the woo-woo community would call this an aura. But mm-hmm. they call it biophoton or ultra-weak photon emission. And it's been able to be recorded with high-sensitive CCD detectors and has been observed getting brighter and more vibrant when a person experiences different emotions like anger, pain, sadness, etc. So, like, he may have been called a quack back then. Not, and like I said, not even a quack. Just sort of like he wasn't, he wasn't supported a lot by the scientific community. Yeah. And now we know sure, he was people. right. He was right about so many things, mm-hmm. and I'm sure people were a little like, you're slightly on, like, the witchy side. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know what to make of you. <laughs> exactly. But, gosh, he so, was so smart. Then in 1990, there were scientists that were still paying attention to his work. And in Good. 1990, a program began at the Institute of Experimental Medicine of the Academy of Sciences in Siberia. 
by um, Dr. Vlal Vaznachev and Dr. Alexander Trofimov. So volunteers who were placed inside the Kozarev mirror first experienced fear and sickness, which I totally understand because one, so here's the thing. The only thing I don't understand about this machine yet is when the platform is spinning, I don't know if you are spinning with the mirror or if the mirror if is spinning, spinning around, around you. you. Oh. Either way, I could see where that would make you a little physically sure loopy. You'd feel a little sick, a little dizzy or mm-hmm. out of it, but So they ooh, would feel that, I'm very curious. They would feel sick at first and kind of afraid cuz they didn't like it. But very soon after, they would feel calm and floaty. And one person even had an intense nostalgic and surreal experience seeing their younger self. So after they did this, they were like Get the volunteers. We are testing this on a hundred fucking people. I think it ended up being yeah. like two hundred people, but we're testing this on wow. the masses. And a lot of strange things happened while experimenting with this device, including plasmoids that resembled ball lightning appearing in the sky, witnessed not only by lab workers but also residents of the area. UFOs that remained in sight for several minutes at a time, again, witnessed by many. Casual. The ability to remote view. So basically the people inside the device were able to tell what the researchers were holding in their hand in the next room. See, that's a power I want. Okay. I'm here for this machine. I want it. (laughs) (laughs) And something... Really wild, not that none of that is wild, but something very (laughs) wild as well. Symbols that would appear in the device. Almost the way that the participants explained it was that like they were almost 3D out of the mirror and floating in the atmosphere around them, these symbols. And after they would get out of the device, they'd they'd kind of write down the symbols and record what they saw. And this is extremely hard to believe, but a lot of participants who drew out the symbols drew matching symbols as the other participants, despite being isolated from each other. These participants weren't like sitting in a cafeteria talking to each other. They didn't know who each other were. They didn't have any contact. And they were drawing the same symbols. And 2,000 distinct symbols were recorded during this time. And the symbols were given to linguistics researchers who concluded 80% of the symbols that came uh, out of this machine actually came from ancient cultures, primarily ancient Sumeria. Whoa. Whoa, 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 whoa. Wow, wow, wow. What? Okay. First of all, this is how we will pass the Zener card challenge, clearly. (laughs) Symbols. Fucking mirror. I, I'm thinking like low stakes first, <laughs> yeah. just getting us to do this and then see where we can go. But wow. Okay. This is insane. And also like, thank you again to Ben for bringing this to our attention, Seriously. but how have we not heard of this before? Where has this been tucked away? I cannot believe it. I cannot believe that it's been seven years and I still don't really struggle to find things to talk about on the show. <laughs> Right, I know. <laughs> There's never been a week where I'm like, I don't know what to bring. It's like, well, I have I 80 options. So it's shocking. It's pretty, cool. it's pretty shocking. Okay, so the Kazarev mirror was believed to unlock human psychic abilities and awaken human consciousness. 
It worked particularly well on women and female children. Don't know why. Just mm. thought it was interesting. Women are superior. Women are better than men. Said I don't that? know. <laughs> and the crazy thing is, I keep saying, and the crazy thing is, or like, what's really weird, it's all crazy. It's all weird. <laughs> it's all crazy and weird, and we love it. But after the experiments were done, the participants claimed that the effects of the mirrors lasted a long time, that they had experiences with ESP, saw UFOs, saw ghosts, red mines, all kinds of shit, and it would eventually fade to either not having it anymore or they just you know stopped contacting and maybe they had it for the rest of their lives i don't know but it definitely faded the longer they they went without sitting in the mirror and the way that they claim the mirrors work was essentially that the mirrors have the ability especially the curvature of the mirrors had the ability to bend and redirect something known as time energy And that this energy is somehow correlated with ESP phenomena of the human body to detect electromagnetic radiation in the environment. So the mirror was their attempt to channel this information back at the organism present inside the mirror. And um, the result was essentially turning on a person's natural psychic abilities, which is somehow connected with not only Earth's gravitational force, but its electromagnetic energy and time, which may actually be a dynamic force and not a passive dimension, which is something a lot of physicists have said, that time is a time is another force like gravity or radiation. Good Lord. (laughs) Oh, my God. Success rate of the experiments with the Khazarev mirrors were 95%, which is absolutely insane it surprised both the doctors working on the case along with the cia who obviously became extremely interested in this and oh did they as far as anyone knows are the ones that have this machine now and they're just gonna use it for dumb stuff they're gonna use it for bad things but over 40 percent of participants experienced different stages of their life interacted with their past observed historical events and had their consciousness transferred to different time periods or what they could only describe as different dimensions wow I feel like the whole time you've been describing this, I kept having a thought I wanted to say, and then I realized, I think you literally said this last week, and I'm maybe, like, you put the idea in my head, but it sounds like an ayahuasca ceremony. Yeah. <laughs> like, didn't you yes, say that? Yeah, it's almost like, like... Like talking to your younger mm-hmm. self, going through, yeah, like looking into other dimensions, like seeing parallel versions of yourself. I don't know. It just all of this sounds like ayahuasca, except maybe without... The vomiting, except maybe with the vomiting, because you said the they spinning part. So honestly, first. no one really said if they got that Ayahuasca. sick. Kozarev's theories, along with the massive results from the '90s with um, Kaznachev and Trofimov, suggest that we do have the power to shape our own reality and connect with the universe through energy and information. Basically, something that mystics have been saying for centuries only now in this way it's it's kind of broken down in in more scientific terms but again the major question is why isn't this technology accessible to the masses for the benefit of humanity correct yep 
Um, That's what I'd like to know. Are experiments still being done? Is the government keeping this from us? Like, why why is this not a form of therapy for people? And the only reason I could think that it's it's not a form of therapy for people is because it makes people, you know, quote unquote, dangerous if they have the abilities that the mirror provides. And something Greg brought up last week too is that like mirrors and reflective surfaces have been used since the beginning of time from miss by mystics witches monks kings queens you know scrying mirrors which i just bought my first scrying mirror it should be here any day nostradamus claimed this was how he saw all of his visions of the future and made his predictions Mm -hmm. crystal balls the bent reflective surfaces it's it's been used for millennia it's been a thing. Yeah. Mirrors are where it's at. I know I mentioned this last week too, but I wanted to bring it up again because it really connected to um, Greg and Dana, the Haunted Objects podcast is where they talked about this. They have an object in their collection. It's a scrying mirror that they refer to as a dark mirror. And a ton of people have looked into it and seen crazy stuff like other people that weren't there or their own face changing or seeing themselves in the past or future or seeing themselves smile when they aren't smiling, mm-hmm. which is so creepy. Gives me the willies. But yes. Most notably, there was a Vietnam War vet who would come to different events that they were presenting their museum at and request to sit with the mirror for some time. And after, you know, three or four times of doing it, they would always ask, like, did you see anything scary? And he would say no. And after three or four times of doing it, they were like, why do you keep wanting to sit with a mirror if you're not experiencing anything scary? And he was like, for some reason, and I don't know why, my PTSD symptoms noticeably decrease for a time after spending time with this mirror. It's so just, again, it's like the most beautiful thing, the in the therapy, world. it's therapy. Yeah. So I don't know. We all need to get, and it, you just, mirrors, I, I feel like truly it's all about mirrors. Everybody get your scrying mirror today. I'm acting like we're selling them. <laughs> um, no, but it is crazy to me. And maybe it's just because the CIA took this and was like, now it's all under wraps and you'll never hear about it again because you can't enjoy anything on this mm-hmm. earth. We have to ruin everything. But It is crazy to me that it wouldn't be offered to the masses as some sort of therapy because I do feel like therapy is getting so much more experimental these days. You know, we're doing microdosing, mushrooms. Like, there's ketamine therapy. I didn't think of that. But, like, I never, whenever I hear about people doing that, I'm like, this is illegal, right? (laughs) But it's not. So I'm just saying, like, it's crazy that something with a mirror would not also be a part of this new revolution of therapy. And when mental health is, you know, becoming finally more important in the world, um, it's just wild to me, which makes me think that it has even more power than what we're being told, which, I mean, we are being told nothing. Told a lot of <laughs> wild things, but we're like, everything you just said is wild, but I just, yeah, now we're being told nothing and suddenly we're not hearing about it anymore because anything that has that kind of power, it's like, oh, this is for us now. Goodbye. Yeah. I don't like it. No, it's really I, I want to build one. Because the only reason that I'm like, why did why is no one talking about this? Why is like it seems like it's being yeah, suppressed. Right. But if it was right. being suppressed, why, why would, would the patent, patent be, be available? Because we can build one. I don't know. But anyways, 
a little bit of a turn here, but Ben <gasps> texts me today. He doesn't know we're Ooh. recording today, and he doesn't know that we're talking about the cause of Rev Mir. But he says, I've got something else for you. And he tells me to look up a book called The Universal One by Walter Russell. So I look it up. And the tagline is, and this book's from 1926. The tagline is, a must for the serious student of Russell's science and philosophy. The Universal One is Walter Russell's first expression of his new cosmology explaining the mind-centered electromagnetic universe. And inside, it has this diagram. Okay. Um, it looks just like the Cousin Red Man. It uh, I was like, sp- that was me going spiral. <laughs> it looks. <laughs> that was what I was doing. Exactly like this fucking mirror. And the more I read about and this And say book, it again, Ashley. What year uh, was it from? 1926. That's right, everybody. That means we have always known about this we've always known this is a thing yeah this is a thing then i found out that nikola tesla himself told (gasps) this man to lock up this knowledge in a safe for a thousand years until man is ready for it (laughs) so wild this whole book (laughs) is about quantum mechanics and general relativity in which Russell explains that everything is God and God is everything and matter is evolving and living and there is no death and everything in the universe is a part of God and is understandable and measurable by man if we know how to measure it. And he constantly refers to God, but sometimes he calls it the mind with M being capitalized. So he's essentially... They're one in the same. Yeah, he basically, like, consciousness is God. Right, right. And he basically took wisdom and philosophy from ancient Greek, Roman, Egyptian, Hindu, and Buddhist cultures and studied their concepts through a scientific lens. Um, This man was, again, brilliant, but not sort of not supported supported not by the scientific community fully trusted yeah yeah science. even in 1954 yeah. he predicted that the use of radioactive elements would not only destroy earth's protective atmosphere and heat the planet which is we now know is true um but could also destroy the entire universe as we know it he wrote about it in another book called atomic suicide oof so that's dangerous. Woof. Yeah, that's that sounds safe <laughs> and nice. Yeah, it was obviously right around the time the atomic bomb was dropped. He had a lot of thoughts on it. Heard about it? Just, uh, <laughs> heard about it. Oppenheimer. Anybody see um, it? Oppenheimer. Anybody, heard about anybody it. Anybody gone to the movies <sighs> this summer? May I tell you very quickly about one more mirror? Yes, you yeah, act like you're like taking up too much time. I'm like hanging on your every word. I am here for this. Keep it coming. So another mirror. Let's go. I had this on my. I keep like just a big Google Doc full of future episode ideas. This was on my fu- list of future episode ideas before I learned about the cause of Rev Mirror. Oh wow! It's a device called the Chronovisor. and it was developed by Father Pellegrino Ernetti, who is a Benedictine monk. 
Pellegrino. Pellegrino. Mm, you fancy no like that sparkling relation <laughs> that I know of. <laughs> I just, I had to make a comment. It's a lovely name, sir. Father Ernetti was a Benedictine monk, scientist, and exorcist in the 60s who got together. And exorcist. Yeah, just you throw that so. one in. Here's the thing. Sure. It was a popular time for exorcists. <laughs> and it That's only like became more popular <laughs> in the next 15 years. It was trendy as hell. All right. But he got together with several scientists, including physicist Enrico Fermi, who created the world's first nuclear reactor and developed the Fermi paradox, for anyone who's heard us talk about that. And former Nazi scientist, oopsie, Werner von Braun, Whoops. who the United States brought over and helped us get to space for the first time. Werner von Braun. Werner von Braun. Just, he worked for that's NASA. That's just the most yeah. German. We brought him over after okay. World War II right. to work on our stuff. Sure. In Project Paperclip, something that we've also talked about on this show. Ding. Hello. Hello. <laughs> the chronovisor is supposedly made of reflective mirrors, cathode rays, and antenna, and received sound and light signals on all wavelengths and allowed the team of scientists to document events of the past, including the crucifixion of Jesus Christ and the Last Supper. What? What? And Ernetti <laughs> maintained to his death in 1994 that the machine exists, that he witnessed the past, and that the machine has been hidden in the Vatican to protect it from falling into the wrong hands. He even said Pope Pius XII forbade them to disclose any details about the device because the machine was very dangerous and could, quote, restrain the freedom of man. The Vatican decreed in 1988 that anyone using an instrument of such characteristics would be excommunicated from the church. Whoa. Which whoa. honestly... Here's what it leads me to believe, because if they did indeed, if they did indeed were able to look back at like the crucifixion of Christ or the Last Supper or like events in Christ's life, and they did not want to share that with their followers, it leads me to believe that if this, you know, was real, they, those events did not go down like the Bible says they did. I was just going <laughs> to say, they were coming back and saying like, hey, guess what? The book is wrong. Here's the thing. Should, and the church is like, shh, 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 Yeah, that would be detrimental to man. It's like, no, it would be detrimental mm, to the church. You, but it's fine. You, sir. We need to be telling the truth. Yeah. Okay. So supposedly that also exists and is hidden in the Vatican. And it's the same concept of using mirrors and getting different waves of electromagnetic energy and seeing into the past. So mirrors, mirrors, mirrors. everybody. It's all about mirrors and the big guys on top are going to try and sweep it under the rug, mm -hmm. whether it's the Vatican, whether it's the CIA, the man, the man's going to get sweep us down. it under the rug. Mirrors. Ooh. Okay, I'm sorry. I had a tequila soda. <laughs> things are. I had tequila soda. Things are getting very silly over here. Yeah. So basically, that's what's the Kozarev mirror is, and my new obsession and uh, spirals and mirrors. I. It also makes sense. I think 
that if this mirror were to open up your consciousness and open up your psychic abilities, that it would very much help people with stress-related mental health disorders in the same way that near-death experiences change people's lives forever for the good with their experiences. Because once you are, there's a lot of life that is bogged down by the worry that you're not doing enough or you're not living the right way or you have a finite amount of time and all of that worry and stress and and grief of losing people would essentially be gone if you Mm -hmm. if you had this mirror had this this mirror this ability because you would be able to apparent allegedly see into the past or see into the future is it only the past or did they say like all any all direction time, any, i think mostly yeah. it went it seemed like you could go past, in any direction but okay. i don't know i but feel still. like if you were seeing into the future you wouldn't quite know if it was the i mean they definitely saw themselves like for example um one woman Ooh, i can't remember if this was the cause of revmir or greg and dana's podcast but one at one point, one woman looked into, I think it was uh, haunted objects. One woman had um, something happened where like her cornea detached from her eye mm. and they were able to reattach it. But like basically they told her like there's a finite amount of time. You, like you can definitely go blind in this eye. And when she looked mm-hmm. in the mirror, she saw herself with like a milky eye. Like her eye. And the thing is, so is was like was saying... she seeing her in the future or was it just like her biggest fear being was being shown to her shown reflected to her. back yeah, cuz sometimes back you to her. see you're like seeing your actual reflection in the mirror not just the outside yeah. but your insides too for lack of a better term which yeah gosh i mean i just can't say enough how much i want this mirror to exist Same. in my life because everything you're saying which i know you completely relate obviously and we talk about this very openly on the podcast but just horrific anxiety that I have of like everything in life from the small stresses of work to like when are my parents gonna die and when is my like what if my child falls off the balcony you know like I it's so dark but I feel like this mirror could be everything I've ever needed to help me just understand life help me understand myself help me understand you know what else is good Xanax I take it all the time and well sure <laughs> medication medication will get you it works very well <laughs> i had to take one on and this sunday because my my dad came down it was his birthday happy birthday daddy happy birthday papa 73 um, oh, it's your year ron Cassidy. it's gonna be your year but he came up for his birthday baby. and he like he walked in the door barely hugged me and was like, where's your leaf blower? And I was like, why? And he's like, I'm hanging it up. And I had to like go find my leaf blower and a couple other things, our, our weed whacker and a couple other things so we could hang. But this that man is <laughs> so he's stressed out. He's a Home Depot ad. Oh, he is. <laughs> But for me, it's like, you just got here. You just walked in. Can we sit? Can we have a cup of coffee? Can Can we we visit? Happy birthday. I have a card for you. And so, like, I was Mm -hmm. out there in the garage Mm -hmm. immediately helping him. And I came in and I took half a Xanax. I was like, I can't. I can't do this. I can't deal with you. Oh, Lord. Yeah. And shout out, except, like, shout 
down to CVS Pharmacy on that note because I have been out of my medication for a few days now. And I told Ashley earlier, I had a bit of a menti B at work today and I have not had like a panic attack or a mental breakdown in quite some time, but I've been out of my medication for five days because CBS is like, we have to get it back in stock. Please hold every time I talk to them. So get your medication in because that's how I deal with curveballs when life throws them at me. Anyway, anyway, shout out to medication. Shout out to meds and mirrors. (laughs) And mirrors, meds and mirrors, (laughs) (laughs) y'all. Oh, well, well, we're going to take a complete turn mm-hmm. into <laughs> sad things because oh. that's how I roll. Um, This feels like old school Lauren where I just used to go so depressing. We haven't gone this depressing in a while, but it's because it's OK. You're going to hear it is. What time is it? True crime time. It's a vacation. What time is it? Time of our life. That's why. Scream and shout. Say it loud. I don't know. <laughs> um, but anyway, we're true crime time. But not. <laughs> we're all doing our best out there. Not true crime in the horrible, depressing way we used to. This is an unsolved oh. crime. So that is why I included it. And speaking of how we're always finding things to talk about, I don't know how I hadn't heard of this as well I had but like I did not know all of the details like I had seen it in passing on other podcasts and on TikTok what have you have you heard of the Tara Calico Polaroid case is that the one where no wait is that the one where (laughs) it's the picture of the girl with the tape over her mouth that she's tied up in a trunk I mean yes okay so that's all I know Okay, same. And I was always just like, oh, did they ever find her? I didn't know anything about it. Okay, so here's the story. And if you know about it, like, write in, chat with me. So on the morning of September 20th, 1988, so hey, also timely, month of September, 19-year-old Tara Calico left her home in Valencia County, New Mexico to go for her daily bike ride. Her route along New Mexico State Road 47 was the same every single day. Sometimes her mom, Patty, would go with her. They both knew it well, and the pair traveled it together time and time again. But lately, her mom, Patty, had been skipping rides because there was a recent incident in which a car drove aggressively close to her. It was deliberately passing her multiple times, you know, drivers shouting at her. It made her nervous, and now she didn't want to ride anymore. And she was actually nervous for her daughter, Tara, to ride. But Tara, however, continued the tradition, cheerfully leaving every day, ignoring her mother's suggestion and just saying, like, I don't need to carry mace. I'm good. I ride this every day. And it was the same stretch, whatever. So as she was heading out the door on this day, September 20th, she even looked back at her mom and said, you better come looking for me if I don't show up by noon. And she said this time specifically because she had a tennis date with her boyfriend at 1230 that she did not want to miss. So it was like the whole day was planned. She was definitely coming home. But noon came and went. Tara Calico never came home that day. And it was the beginning of a mystery that still to this day has not been solved. And for a time, I know, which I just, you know, I hate cold cases. I hate unsolved mysteries. But yet... We always come back to them because they are fascinating, but it, it this one just is so sad. But 
She never came home that day. It is still a cold case to this day, but this consumed the nation for a long time because of some strange things that happened after. But before I get to that, I just wanted to say for the rest of that day on this afternoon, Patty went out looking for her, went up and down the bike route, looking for any sign of her daughter. When she couldn't find her, she contacted the police and then a local search party was put together. Nobody could locate the bike or Tara. Witnesses were questioned. Nobody saw, you know, a car accident, anything that would signal an abduction. A few people recalled seeing Tara along the road on the route, but Nobody else was near her. One person said they might have seen a pickup truck riding along, but didn't look anything out of the ordinary. So there was just truly nothing. So without compelling evidence of foul play, police began to question John and Patty about Tara's home life and basically started to say, she probably ran did she want to leave? Typical. She's 19. She's a runaway. Like, I'm sure she was showing signs of leaving. Oh, she had a boyfriend. Were they talking about getting away together? You know, they were trying to play it that way. Meanwhile, the parents are like, no, she was the happiest, bubbliest girl in the world. She loved her life. There would be no reason to run away. She's 19 years old. It's not like. Yeah. She was perfectly happy, perfectly content at home, which that also breaks my heart even more because I feel like these cases that's always the description of the person, which I know is just, maybe that's just me. And I like, things happen to bad people too, but it's always like, she was valedictorian. She was the sweetest. We've been watching a lot of forensic files and like every single episode, they're like, no one has a bad thing to say about the person. And part of it is like, after a person passes, you kind of like, let go of all the bad things. Like very rarely are people like, he was a real piece of shit, you know? But at the same time, <laughs> yeah. it's like, is the fact that they were so sweet and were so nice, what, something that contributed to what happened to them? Or, right. like, is it just that after people die, we we only talk about the best parts of There's them? There's a respect yeah. for them, sure. There's a but I've noticed either, that as well you know, a lot lately deceased, where I'm like, okay, yeah. the best just person like, in the world oh is gone. God. Like, why? I know. So just, that's how it feels in this case, and it's very sad. But, okay, again, then things get even weirder on top of this person disappearing into thin air. In 1989, June 15th, 1989, nearly nine months after Tara's disappearance, a Polaroid picture was discovered in a convenience store parking lot in Ports. Ports! Ports! Ports in Port St. Joe, Florida, across the country, nearly 1,500 miles to be exact from where Tara disappeared. And this photo showed a teenage girl and a young boy lying on sheets and a pillow with duct tape over their mouths and their hands appearing to be bound behind them, sort of what Ashley was describing before. The woman who found the picture immediately called the police, telling them that a white Toyota van had been parked in the spot just before she got there. It was a man with a mustache, probably in his 30s, who was the driver, and so police staged a roadblock to try and intercept the vehicle, but it was unsuccessful. So this just sounds like an unrelated thing, but... Then the Polaroid gains national attention. It appears on America's Most Wanted, and friends who tuned into the show called Patty, Tara's mom, and said, have you seen this Polaroid? It looks exactly like Tara. So Patty sees the photo. She's a little unsure. She's thinking, you know, is this just what I'm wanting to see because I want to see my daughter so badly? 
But then she's, you know, she gets a closer look at it and actually starts to think, whoa, this does look exactly like Tara. There's even a discolored streak on the girl's thigh that is in the same spot as a scar that Mm -hmm. Tara had gotten in a car accident when she was younger. And there was a bookmarked paperback book sitting next to the girl. It was a V.C. Andrews, which was one of Tara's favorite Mm -hmm. authors. Flowers in the attic. So, so hello. So it was like, okay. Uh, That seems a little strange. I mean, these things could be coincidental, but it it just seemed bizarre. So Patty is convinced. She's like, this is my daughter. She looks a little bit aged, like she doesn't have makeup on. It's, you know, it's hard to tell, but I really think this could be my daughter. Authorities were completely split, making this even more confusing, which is just so unfortunate for everyone involved. But experts at the Los Alamos National Laboratory doubted it was her. The FBI just said inconclusive. And then Scotland Yard in the UK said, we'll take a stab at it. So they looked at, looked into it and concluded the girl was Tara Calico. But people were like, mind your own business, Scotland Yard. <laughs> you Get don't out of work here. here. You're not involved. <laughs> you don't work for us. So Get. But them offering their opinion was like, oh, look, now the family has hope. So I am just imagining the FBI being like, shut the fuck up. Like, are you kidding me? Like, it's just making this so complicated, so much harder on the parents. Responses are all Yeah, and you don't want to start focusing all your efforts in Florida to look for this person that disappeared from. Yeah, just based on this photo because... That could be tragic, it, too. It was putting the focus on the wrong things. It was, and unfortunately, that is kind of what happened. I, yeah, because they needed to be looking local. And they needed to be looking into people who knew her. And they were for a time, but then it felt like everything kind of shifted to this weird okay. photo. So all parties agreed that the photo had been taken recently. The Polaroid could not have been taken later than May of that year because the stock it had been developed on hadn't been available previously. So it was known that the photo was recent and it was giving people this false hope. So, but authorities still had nothing. So that's why this is awful. And then the waters were further muddied up because then family of a nine-year-old missing boy named Michael Henley came forward and said they believed the young boy in the Polaroid was their Mm -hmm. son. Michael had also vanished in New Mexico in April in 1988. So I'm just like, oh my gosh, why are we putting all our focus on this Florida picture that like kind of looks like your children? But I can't imagine losing a child, and I do under, I understand to a point of, like, you're trying to hold on to hope. So yeah. I'm sure there's that. But they come forward saying, we think this might be our missing son. He went missing in 1988 while on a hunting trip with his father. So now we have both these families believing children are in this photo, abducted together, and we have to figure this out. Sadly, in 1990, Michael Henley's remains were discovered in New Mexico's Zuni Mountains, just seven miles from the campsite where he had disappeared. He had died of exposure long before this Polaroid had been developed. So that part was very sadly solved for Michael Henley's family. Tara still remained a mystery, but it kind of went, went on to show in my head, like, okay, we shouldn't be focusing on this photo too much. This was disproven, but it still stayed a thing. Um, so the past three decades, Tara's case has remained cold. There was a 2013 task force that was kind of reignited to start 
like yeah. looking at the case and some friends and family of Tara were getting more heavily involved than they ever had been, which, you know, seemed hopeful. They thought maybe some new things of evidence had come forward. But since then, her parents have moved to Florida to be away from the constant reminders in New Mexico, but also I think they were still holding on to this hope of the Florida photo. So they thought maybe we'd find something there. And so they just moved there and kind of were like, we're going to do our own thing. Um, they still believe, and the friends on the task force believe, that this case has been mishandled from the start, that focuses were put in the wrong places, even though they also wanted to believe in the Polaroid. They just felt like the police were all over the place. They dropped the ball way too soon and got past the point of being able to solve it. They got past those crucial yeah. points in the beginning of talking to the right people. You know, we've seen the show first 48 and how important mm -hmm. all of that is. So I'm just like, they were believing that. But today, Tara has been missing for about 35 years. It is very eerie and bizarre. But just June of this year, there may have been a break in the case. This was, again, a few months ago, and we still haven't heard anything definitive. But it was the first time in 35 years that somebody said, wait a minute. So authorities believe they have collected enough evidence because of friends of Tara. So this task force was actually doing something to arrest and charge the people responsible for Tara's disappearance. Sadly, this may also lead to the revelation that Tara was murdered the day that she disappeared and her remains could be somewhere close yeah. by. That is the most likely result of this. But again, still nothing has been found. Valencia County Sheriff's Office out of New Mexico has continued the investigation. will hopefully have definitive answers for the family. Finally, closure within the next year. But they're pretty certain that the girl in the Polaroid is not Tara They've been trying to tell the parents that I'm not sure what they are still in denial about at this time. We haven't really heard from them. It's all just wait and see at the moment, but it's the first time that this case has kind of peeked its head back out. Um, I just had caught the story on TikTok by chance and thought, oh, I don't know a lot about this. I'll talk about it on the podcast. And then when I did more Googling, 2023 uh, popped up and I was like, excuse? What? So it just felt weird and like chance. But um, yeah, so apparently it's kind of, it's been open this entire time, but it's been kind of reopened, if you know what I yeah. mean. It feels like forces are stronger than they've ever been. So, honestly, if you're in the New Mexico area, you know anything about this, they are clearly taking any tips at this moment and trying to hone in on the people that could be responsible. The best friend, um, I believe her name is Melissa. I don't know if I wrote it down. But the best friend, Melissa, has been, like, leading you know, one of the teams on this kind of the outside of authorities teams. And she believes it was these high school boys that used to harass Tara constantly in high school about not going out with them. She was dating this other guy, wasn't giving them the time of day, tale as old as time. Mm -hmm. She believes they had something to do with it and they knew her bike route and found her. So anyway, hopefully we will have answers soon. I would love for her parents to finally have closure after all these years. I cannot even begin to imagine but yeah the polaroid that deceived yeah emotion, i mean basically. the polaroid and oh. oh also a thing no we've never found out who the people in the polaroid that's what are, i was so gonna bring up bizarre. is that we don't know who like it's very strange. there could be two other missing children featured in this photograph but also i've seen the photograph and people have commented on the photograph and how like the they don't look like they're properly bound. They don't look like they're in any type of distress. I've seen Danger. the photo. And, yeah. like, of course, like, 
they could have been instructed to look that way. Like, I'm not saying like it's fake, but at the same time, like this could have been, you know, a picture taken for a school project. (laughs) Like it doesn't automatically mean that these kids in the photo were tied up and are being held somewhere by someone. But it also is something where it's like, we should find out if we can. I, I, that's what's crazy is they've never been identified. Mm-hmm. And if that is the case, cause I've had that same thought. And so is everyone on Reddit, you know, talking about, Oh, they're like the shoulders would be further back if they were truly bound and couldn't move. And you know, their faces would show more distress. There'd be red marks by the tape. People have broke it down, really inspected yeah. these photos and broken it down. But yeah, I've like, everyone is saying, why haven't we found these people if it is indeed a school project? If it was for yeah, that's you know, true. a horror, an indie horror film, why didn't anyone come forward and say, like, oh, that was I'm me. So I'm so sorry. sorry. That yeah. was us. Like, it's such a famous yeah. picture now. I feel like enough people have seen it that it would have gotten back to the people that took it or posed for it and they would have said something. You're right. Or, like, how is, how have, like all of the TikTok damn detectives that exist now today, how have we not like seen these kids with our own eyes and said like, oh, it's these It is people. hard. I'm Their just mouths are covered. No one. I know, it's but tough. still. I'm just, I'm surprised that they they have not been found. Yeah. So that is interesting. The people in the photo have never been identified. Apparently another photo surfaced just of a similar looking female years later, again in Florida, that Tara's mom was shown and she again thought, I think this is Tara, but authorities were very quick to debunk that one, I guess. But again, nobody came forward to claim who the girl was in the photo. And I'm just like, what are these photos of? Is this just a sick joke? Oh God, I hope they get so, answers I don't know. There's soon, a lot of, so that... there's a lot of mysterious things. Yeah. And I, I just want the family to have answers, but it's all very bizarre. I can't believe how long it's been unsolved. And I hope, yeah, I hope they can find something out. It's interesting. Very. Well. <laughs> you know, whenever I finish wah, wah, a true crime wah. story, we're always like. Listen, next oh. week I have a true crime story and it's a huge bummer too, but it's really short. I'm going to put it right at the top and then get it out of the way. <laughs> I know. We should never end on one of these never stories. Never end on a true I'm crime so story. Sorry. We have to raise our vibrations. Whoops. Um, yeah, guys, sorry. Oopsie we doodle. just two stories this sorry week, but they were both it. really good. So I hope you enjoyed them. Thank you so much for joining us this week and every other week of the past seven years. I can't believe this whole thing worked out. <laughs> I know. If, <laughs> oh, man. Really if you would please, if you're watching on YouTube, or even if you aren't watching on YouTube, head over to www.youtube.com slash keep it weird podcast and like this video and subscribe to our channel. We are less than 200 people away from a thousand followers, which I think is pretty cool since we just started publishing regular content on here this year. Honestly. Yeah. Don't okay. mind if I do so yeah head over subscribe to our youtube channel give us a little boosty boost also follow us on social media at keep it weirdcast especially with halloween coming up you know we've always got some halloween antics going on we want to try and help make your october as special and spooky as possible and that includes creeping up in your socials and if you have an extra dollar, $5, $10, or maybe you're Mr. Moneybags and you have an extra $50, head over to our Patreon at www.patreon.com slash keepitweirdpodcast and donate to our show and help us keep going on into season eight. 
please. I got a feeling bzz, bzz, that tonight's gonna be a hive mind. That tonight's gonna be a hive mind. That tonight's gonna be a good hive mind feeling. <laughs> it's hive mind. Okay, well, did you do your homework? Do you have any psychic tips for us today? Oh, but can I tell you the cutest story yes. before we officially well, jump ooh, into actually, it? Oh, actually, tell me after because I okay. was actually inspired by something Dana talked about last week. You know, she said, oh, okay. kind of prepare yes. yourself, prepare your body, and then let it go. So I figured we'll do our usual eyes closed, meditative state, try to lock the symbol in our minds, and then instead of guessing immediately what the shape is, we let it go have a quick mini chat about something and see if anything pops in there. That was good advice. And that's kind of, yeah, that kind of has to do with my cute story. So okay, we'll good. So keep your cute, cute story. Do we know whose turn it is? Sure don't. Uh, it's been like a month. Yeah. Don't you stress. Okay. I'll go first. No, I'll I'm go first. Stressed. Guessing. You're going to go first. Guessing. Yes. You mean? Okay. Yes. I'm using Zener cards as usual. There are no triangles. I'm picking a card <laughs> from the top of the pile and I am showing it to Lauren. And mm -hmm. now let's meditate on it for a moment and then we'll let it go. Okay, tell me your story. My sweet parents were listening to the podcast and my mom, as they're listening to us do the Zener card segment, my mom is like, guess what I'm thinking, Jeff? And she was like, <laughs> okay, first of all, are you thinking just like any thought or is it <laughs> shape? And she's just giggling and she's like, I don't know. But then she was like, okay, no, think of a shape. And without missing a beat, my dad was like, triangle. I don't know if that for sure was the shape, but, right. and whatever he said, she was like, yes. And like started losing her mind and said that it was the correct shape. And I just thought it was such a cute moment because it kind of goes along with what you were saying. They didn't like really sit and meditate. They didn't even yeah. miss a beat. They were like laughing together and she just was like guess what I'm thinking and he just laughed and was like no think of a shape and they didn't put it to just the Zener cards my dad just said a shape and he was like your mom truly could have thought of any shape because I know she would be like sneaky and weird about it and he got it right so I thought that was adorable and I feel like they're very connected that is adorable I yes that was cute <laughs> am so sick of triangles because every single time we do this, I don't know what it is. I think of a triangle and yeah. maybe it's because I've cursed myself. Mm -hmm. But every time I keep seeing triangles, I do guess this shape and it is always wrong. But was it a star? It was a star. <laughs> oh, fuck. I dropped it. Yeah, <laughs> but I don't know if that was psychic or if that was just me thinking of we triangles were talking again. Of triangles, I know. <laughs> One of the times that you guessed triangle, it was a star, though, and then we went down a bad path because then we always said <laughs> either triangle incorrectly or star. I don't know. I don't know. I don't but know. I love that for us that yeah. you got it. Okay. I'm just going to well, say it was Jeff and Jane's joy. Jeff and Jane's joy brought us the star. 
I am making a shirt, everyone, just so you know. It's very cute. It has a deck of Zener cards on it, and it says there are no triangles. Um, <laughs> so that's going to be in our shop next month, along with another really, really good shirt. Um, well, I will wear it proudly. Yes. Love that so much. <laughs> also, speaking of shirts, I'm wearing the Mothman shirt you got me. I love that shirt. Uh, it's so cute. It was like your parting gift the when you It's the best. I know. All right, guys. Well, we'll see you in a week. We hope you have a good one. And keep it weird. weird.